0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, for those of you that are new to Authentic Church, we are a Bible-based, Spirit-empowered, presence-driven church, a Bible-based, spirit-empowered, presence-driven church. We're Bible-based, meaning everything that we do, we do in accordance with the Word of God. We preach from the Word of God, teach from the Word of God, live our lives based on the Word of God. Can I get a good amen? So we're Bible-based, spirit-empowered, so we believe uh, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is actually for today. In fact, uh, next week, the Western church world will celebrate Pentecost, but it's actually based on a Jewish holiday, Shavuot, which actually begins today. And that was the, the, the festival of wheat where they would come and they would, they would bring the wheat. And there was three times a year that God asked all the men to come and present themselves before Him. And this is one of those times. And so the church gathered together and they prayed, the early church in the New Testament. Jesus, when He took His place at the right hand of the Father, the Father released the Holy Spirit to take His life, in the, His, His, His presence in the life of every believer. And that exploded the church. And so we believe in, in the, the power of the Holy Spirit, that He's real and that that when you get those words that those counseling that thought uh the holy spirit's so good we actually as christians you have to climb over the holy spirit to get to your sin i don't know if you've ever thought of it that way but the whole one of his job descriptions is hey stop (laughs) like he's putting up a giant stop sign he's saying don't do that you know and so you get those warning lights so to speak going off in your nowhere that's the holy spirit leading you and so we're bible-based spirit-empowered presence-driven church we love the presence of god that's why a good majority of our service is just spending time in his presence. Moses said in Exodus 33, Lord, if you don't go with us, if your presence doesn't go, then I don't want to go. Because that's the only thing that distinguishes us from anybody else. That's the only thing that stands out. And you know, church is not a place where I just physically show up. It's not a club. It's not a membership. It's not like whatever. It's not where I show up physically. It's a place I show up spiritually. And so God is going to, I believe, speak and minister to every heart and mind that's here today. Whatever you walked in with, God wants to speak to you about that. If it matters to you, it matters to him. He loves you all so much, loves us all so much, and he cares about all those little things in life. Sometimes we think, I don't want to bother you, God, with this detail. It feels too big. I feel like you're too busy. He's like, no, 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 I'm never too busy for you. You're my son. Come, let's talk. You're my daughter. I want to hear what's going on. If it matters to you, it matters to him. And so we just have a simple mission here at Authentic Church to love God, to love people and live authentic. And we believe that when we do that, uh, when we're true to who God created us to be, that Jesus is just so irresistible, man, Uh, he'll show up, he'll build his church and it is his church. Amen. So uh, every week we, or excuse me, every month, we take a moment to honor a, uh, a special, a special person that's part of our serve team. And um, actually, I'm going to have my wife grab that orange bag there. And uh, so every month we take a moment just to honor uh, a member of our serve team. And uh, that is somebody that in our mind has gone above and beyond the call of duty, so to speak. And everybody does. We have so many great people that, that help out and serve on a Sunday morning. Uh, this is not a Jeff and Fawn show or just us and our kids. Thank God. Uh, we moved here not knowing any of you all. And we're meeting everybody, and it's been such a blessing. Um, But uh, there's a lot of people that make everything happen and and really come early, stay late, take time off work. um, And they do it sacrificially out of love uh, because they're just passionate about building the local church. And uh, there's somebody special that we actually want to honor today um, to thank them for their service to this house, and that is Chris Odo. So Chris Odo... And he's, come on up front, Chris. He was out serving in the foyer. Come on up front, bro. Come on, give it up for Chris. (laughs) Come on up here, bro. Uh, Chris and his wife, Allison, I remember we met them um, uh, back in the late summer. I think it was August, September. Uh, We were having just kind of a gathering just to say, hey, we're a new church in town and we're just meeting some people. And, uh, and they came out and, and had a dinner with a bunch of people. And we just kind of shared a little bit about our heart and vision. And that was the first time we met. And then as God would have it, uh, they couldn't get rid of us. And so uh, we kept coming across their path and their minds. And so they'd come in. And uh, Chris is, you know, he owns his own business. He's a business owner here in the area. And he takes time out of his schedule to serve this house. He helps with setting up and tearing everything down. Helps to organize, make sure all this stuff goes smoothly. It's just been a blessing, and beyond that, he's become a great friend of mine. And I'm just really honored and blessed by by your serving and, and what you've given to this house. So we just wanted to honor you with that small token of appreciation, bro. Just tell you we love you. <laughs> all right. now you get to stay up here. You get to stay up here. I'm not letting you go today. So. Um, at the beginning of the year, uh, every every year we pray and uh, we ask God for a word for our lives, for our family. We've done that pretty much ever since we we're married. And uh, Fawn, she gets her own word. I get my own word. Um, but we just really lean into Lord. What do you have for us? What what's a promise? What's a scripture you want us to hold on to that we can really you know help us through some of the things that we don't know are coming this year? And there was a scripture that the Lord put on our hearts for this house, for Authentic Church. And it's out of Psalm 66, verse one through five. It says this, everyone, everywhere, lift up your joyful shout to God. Sing your songs tuned to his glory. That's worship. Tell the world how wonderful he is. For he's the awe-inspiring God, great and glorious in power. We've never seen anything like him. Mighty in miracles, you cause your enemies to tremble. No wonder they all surrender and bow down before you. All the earth, all of Orange County, will bow down to worship. All the earth will sing your glories forever. And everyone will say, come and see the incredible things that God has done. It'll take your breath away. He multiplies miracles for his people. And this really has been a season of miracles. Um, This past uh, weekend, every Friday night, Chris and I actually, we coach our kids' football team together and uh, he's the main coach i'm the assistant i just do whatever he tells me to do <laughs> and try not to screw up the play in the huddle and so we're coaching and 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 after the game i was talking to one of the guys that was on the sidelines and he's like you're a pastor you know he, i said yeah i am you know he's like you're kind of a different pastor and i said thank you i take that as a compliment <laughs> He said, yeah, man, I used to go to church and then I just got just drained of the politics and I was in a church and they were arguing over money and all this other stuff and I just couldn't do it. I said, yeah, man, I I can't stand that stuff either. In fact, I I can't stand it so much that I I sold everything and I started a church. (laughs) And he looked and I said, yeah, man, I said, Christianity's got a branding problem, (laughs) you know? It's like there's the real Christianity that you read about in the Bible and then somewhere along the way, Somehow something gets twisted or turned and, and whatever. And when God sent us here, you know, I, I don't know that he sent us here because Orange County just needs another church. There's a lot of great churches in this area, actually. But I felt like Orange County needed a different kind of church, a church where people were passionate for him, uh, a church of people that were just really authentic and just going after God and could care less what people thought of them. Um, a church that loved all people. A church that didn't get caught up in the politics of church. But just got back to the simple things. It's all about Jesus. And so we moved out here uh, not knowing anybody. In December of 2019, we arrived on December 1st, 2019. We moved over Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> that year. And we got here just in time for a global pandemic. And, uh, and so we were wondering, Lord, how are you going to build this church? Like, we can't even meet people. And the people that you meet they don't want to talk to you or spend any time with you because everybody's so freaked out about what's going on and so we just prayed and uh we would join in uh some some uh some meetings and worship nights down at the beach Uh, and it was on on july the first there was an edict that went out from our governor that said no more singing in churches you're 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 communicating diseases you're spreading your super spreaders so no more singing in churches and so uh, we were invited uh, along with a bunch of other churches in Orange County to go to a worship night down in Huntington Beach at Tower 20. And all these Christians said, we're going to worship anyway. <laughs> and they took a stand. So we took a stand in the sand and we'd be in a worship. And then somebody would just get up and share a testimony. And they would hear the testimony of what God did in their life. And they thought, well, if God could do that in, in her life or in his life, surely God could do that in my life. And all these people started getting saved and then we'd say well jesus doesn't want you just to pray a prayer we've, we've done a disservice as church in america just saying you can pray this prayer and everything's going to be great no actually sometimes it gets worse you know it's like jesus never called you to pray a prayer he called you to be a disciple and part of being a disciple is going and being baptized and we said to them so we got the coolest baptismal tank right here at the pacific ocean We wanna invite you right now just to come down and get baptized. Good news, we got towels for you and you can have the towel, generosity. And so good news, we got a towel for you. And so we would go down to the beach and people started, we'd just stand there and it was Jason Edgman and myself and a bunch of other people lined up saying, all right, who's gonna come and get baptized? Help us out of this awkward moment as we're just standing here looking at y'all. And one by one, people would start to come down and then tens and then twenties and then hundreds, thousands would come and give their life to Jesus, and they'd go into the waters of baptism, get baptized, come out a changed person. And the rule of thumb was, we were never going to promote a church or a ministry or a minister. It was just all Jesus. But if you baptized, and if you prayed for anybody, then it's your responsibility to follow up with them, with them as a Christian. It's not the church. It's the Christian. So we began to do that. In fact, one of the guys that's in our church, Zachary Chu, that's sitting here in the second row, Zach, I baptized this guy. And he came up out of the waters of baptism, a changed guy. And he's like, now what? And I said, Zach, come over to my house on Wednesday night. We'll explain some things to you. And he's been part of our lives ever since. We're so grateful for that. And so we started meeting. And through through the summer, we started having people come and gather and Alyssa and other ones that we would just meet. And they would come to our house for a Bible study and some prayer and worship. And then it started to grow, and we'd have 30, 40, 50, night I think 60 people in our house. It was so beautiful. And so I went to my pastor, Dave Patterson, up at the Father's House Church in Vacaville, California, near Napa. And I said, Pastor Dave, what do you think I should do? And he says, Brother, like it or not, your church is launched. <laughs> I said, do you think we should start meeting on Sunday mornings? Nobody will rent anything. We were trying to rent space and get, you know, gathering. And I said, we're outgrowing our house. In fact, you know, if if word gets out, they'll probably come shut us down. He said, no, just find a park or a beach. So I said, cool. So we went to a park, T-Winkle Park in Costa Mesa, found a little spot over on the side, and we began to meet there. We just rock up with a guitar and nothing fancy. I mean, this is fancy compared to that park, (laughs) let me tell you. We had the rocks in back of us, though. I kind of felt like Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, like saying, blessed are you, (laughs) You And we would just get together, and people would come. They'd bring their lawn chairs. Kids would kind of huddle over underneath a tree, and we would just pray, worship, and teach from the Word of God. And Lord, would grow that. And after six weeks, um, the sweet authorities came and advised us that we could no longer do that, <laughs> that our time had run out. So we were like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? So I had a meeting with the chief of police, a um, really nice guy, Mr. Brian Glass, Um, It's been a a difficult year to be a chief of police if any year was difficult It was this past year and he was thrown into it in February (laughs) before everything went crazy And so I had a meeting with him and he said hey, man I expect and I I respect and appreciate what you guys are doing But I got to do my job and I said understand sir, but as a pastor, I got to do mine And uh, we're gonna continue to meet and he says, okay and He goes well, I hope I see you, but I hope we don't see each other. I said understood and uh And the Lord opened up a door for us to meet at the Hilton Hotel. So October 25th, we began meeting at a ballroom much smaller than this. And uh, upstairs in a different area of the hotel. We began meeting there. And that first Sunday on October 25th, I'm not kidding you, it poured down rain. And we were so grateful that we were inside. The Lord opened up the door to be inside. Our kids were excited, right? We're like, we're inside. We're worshiping. And it was raining in the physical realm outside, but it was raining in the spiritual realm inside. And people would start to find life in Christ. They would start to come. Like, what is this new church? Who are these people that are gathering? People would come in, and there would be freedom in worship. And it would grow, and they'd move us around here at the hotel, and we'd get in different ballrooms. Some of them were larger with big ceilings. We really liked those. Those were really cool ballrooms to have. And then sometimes they were smaller ballrooms, but we're still grateful and thankful to be able to have a place to meet. Um, And so we've been doing that. And this week, it will be exactly seven months since the first time we met here in this. And we're grateful for this season that we've had, but we felt like it's been coming to an end. So we've been praying. We've been fasting. Some of you have been joining in prayer for us. And we've been praying and asking the Lord, Lord, would you have... A spot for us? Would, would you, is there a location for us that we're not seeing, a business that folded or maybe a, a, a church that, you know, maybe isn't utilizing their space right now? Is there anywhere that you could find? And, um, and the Lord's opened uh, a door in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, I think it's 16 verse 9, Paul says, says these words, he says, I, I'm coming to you, he's talking about coming to Ephesus to preach and, and build the church there, and he says, I'm coming to you, the Lord's opened a great and effective door. This is a great and effective door that we feel like the Lord has opened for us. And I'm pleased to tell you that starting next Sunday, we are gonna be in a new location. And it's a beautiful location. And it's actually the Needham Chapel on Vanguard University campus. And we have... Is that awesome?
1: Jeff said we were at the park for six full weeks and on the seventh week I mean we were down to one week saying okay where are we going to meet we have nowhere to meet and the Lord opened that door for us to meet here and so it was the seventh week and it was pouring outside so we were rejoicing we were dry it was so wonderful and then here we are we're waking up the last day we're going to be meeting in here and it is pouring outside and again i'm like lord i love the rain i just I, it's, I really i believe what happens in the natural is parallel to what's happening in the spiritual and and god's blessings are raining down on our lives so i'm all about the rain um, i think it's very symbolic i'm so excited about how the lord's transitioning us out to a new place and um, as much as this place has been such a gift and still is a gift to other ministries and whatnot in the hilton We are so thrilled to be meeting in there. Do we have another photo of the indoor? Oh, isn't that pretty?
0: So, any of you recovering Catholics there, you'll feel you'll feel right at home. Actually, uh, you know it's beautiful. So, one of our overseers for our church is a gentleman. Excuse me, a gentleman named Josh Steele. Him and I are lifelong friends. Uh, Actually, part of the reason I got saved was because Josh's influence on my life. But him and his wife went to Vanguard University which is just down five minutes down the road from here. And it is the uh, the oldest spirit-filled Christian university in the world. They just celebrated 101 years of training and raising up people for the cause of Christ. And they expanded from a Bible college into many different areas as well. And they, it's a great program. Uh, we have former graduates here, Starla's here. Um, her uh, fiance, soon to be husband, Julian, graduated from there. If you, any other Vanguard grads? Yeah, come on alumni. And um, and so I sent my buddy Josh a picture of this, and he says, uh, he said Jenny, his, him and his wife, uh, they were commissioned there before going on a missions trip to India, and, uh, and, or excuse me, Thailand, and they had prayer there. There's been so much prayer and worship that has gone on on this campus. Like, it'll blow your mind. And when you just have a moment to just sit quietly in the presence of God, I'm not kidding you, it's thick. It's thick, the acute, it's beautiful. The acoustics are fantastic. You need very little assistance, which is great. Um, But we are so looking forward. So uh, we we have an agreement with them that's going to be through the end of the summer, so through the end of August. And then we're going to reevaluate some things. They have some moving parts, and we got some moving parts and things that the Lord is working out as well uh, about the same time. So we're at least going to be there uh, for the next three months, and we are so excited. So next Sunday don't show up here show up there okay another reason to sign up for our text updates if you haven't already authentic OC and that's as one word text that in to 94000 94000 text authentic OC to that number and we'll be sure we're gonna send out and if you don't already follow us along on social media Um, you should um, and we'd love for you to, but we'll post, um, like maps and pictures and stuff on there. We try to be as digital as possible. Um, and so that's, that's a good way we want to just keep you posted, but isn't that awesome? Come on, give God praise for what he's doing. All right. Well, we are, uh, in the middle of a series for those of you that are, Miss Tony, you have something you want to say? Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember that. It looks like that building. Amen. Yeah, yeah. She was sharing that months ago we were praying, the intercessors were gathered together, and when we were praying, I sketched out this picture of a church, and it looked like that, uh, the, the outside of Vanguard University um, on the on the napkin. So it's beautiful what God's doing. Um, we are in the middle of a, a series that we titled Level Up. And the thought behind it is just the fact that there's more to life that we are all meant to live, every one of us. And God's calling his people out. And I titled this message today, Return to Me. Return to Me. And as I prayed for our gathering uh, this weekend, I felt like the Lord just kept saying, Return to Me. Return to Me. In Joel chapter 2, uh, the prophet, he, he says, he, he, he hears from the Lord and he writes this. He says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. I don't know what's happening there, but I'll just read it for you. (laughs) He is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to remind some of us today return to me he's saying return to me he's not mad at you he loves you he's gracious he's kind he's saying come back to me with all your heart you know this this week today actually starts shavuot uh, which is a, the jewish holiday that we in western church culture would start to celebrate as pentecost and it was 50 days after passover they would count off 50 days and 50 days later they would have this celebration and it was on that day, on that, it was the start, it was the, the first fruits of the harvest they would bring in. And on that day, as the church, the early church was gathered together in an upper room, they prayed and the fire of God fell. And I believe the fire of God's gonna fall again in your life. Wherever you're at, whatever may be dormant, uh, the Lord wants to just breathe on those embers and he wants to light a fire in those areas of your life he wants to fan those things into flame so he says return to me and he says that when you do in Joel 2.25 he said if you do when you return to me I'm going to give back what you lost and some of you have gone through some stuff in the last year you lost some stuff along the way and you may not even know where you left it and the Lord's saying return to me I'm gonna give you back everything you lost. And hope, finances, and joy, and faith, I'm gonna give you back what you lost when you return to me. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18, He's talking to his disciples and he says to Peter, He says, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, You're the Messiah. And Jesus says, You're right. And he says, On this rock, I will build my church In the gates of hell will not prevail. I love how the Lord did not say, I'm going to build the church. He said, I'm going to build my church. It's personal to him. This, you, us, it's personal to him. It's important to him. It's precious to him. Authentic church is precious to him. Other churches in this area That's why I'll never speak negative about another church or ministry or minister. It's not my place. They're precious to him. So we bless them. Jesus says, this is my church. So as the pastor of Authentic Church, I've just done my best to lean into the Holy Spirit and listen to whatever he tells me to do. And then I do my best to do it. (laughs) I'll be honest, I don't always get it right. But I lean into Him, and the Lord's opening up doors for us. And there's been miracle after miracle, like we talked about earlier. I love hearing stories. This week, I, I heard a story about a woman that prayed for this man. She went into a shoe shop, uh, Char, and she went into a shoe shop and prayed for this man that had braces, and said, uh, He said, the Lord wants. She said to him, the Lord wants to heal you. Can I pray for your legs? And he's got yeah, braces on his on his legs, and he said, uh, Sure, <laughs> you know. And so she she prays for him and she goes back to the shop a week later and the guy's out of his braces. She said, "What happened?" He goes, I, "I don't I'm 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 healthy. I'm healed." You know? And she's like, "Praise God." You know? I heard another story this week from a couple. They came here their first time. They came on Easter and uh, and they came on Easter Sunday and then the next week they were just out not even necessarily looking trying to find a job he was gainfully employed at a company and as he's going out grabbing a cup of coffee or something going about his day he meets an owner of a business and the guy says man you're sharp uh what do you do and they have a conversation what do you make (laughs) and you know so he told him and the business owner said i could beat that come and work for me three times what he was making come on somebody come on the lord's doing miracles in our midst He's doing miracles. He's just looking for willing vessels. And it's not something we've got to go over the top in, 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 in fast for 40 days to see it. I believe it's going to happen quicker and quicker and quicker. Should we be praying and fasting? Absolutely. In fact, this week, I'm going to be fasting all week long. Preparation for what I believe God wants to do as we step into a new season as a church, as we move on that campus. We have massive favor in that campus. We've had great discussions and conversations with them. They desperately want us there. They, want, they, they don't just need another church on that campus because there's already a few churches that actually meet on that campus. Um, you you can have your pick. There's a lot of different types of churches that meet on that campus. <laughs> but they they see something different in you. They see something different in what God's doing with authentic church, and they want that for their student body. And so they're saying, come. We want you guys on campus. What what do you want to be part of? And so there's going to be some exciting opportunities that are going to come in the the weeks and the months ahead as we lean into that relationship and see what God does. You know, anything we do, we just try to lean into him. It's really simple. Lean into God. Whatever he tells you to do, you do to the best of your abilities. You go and do it. And then when you're wondering, God, what do I do next? Lean into God. Listen to what he's telling you to do. And you just go do it. That's that's simple. That's the beauty of simplicity. But Christ says, he said, the gates aren't going to prevail. And he's passionate about building his church. But Jesus, he he knew there there would come a time where people would lose that passion that they once burned with. And that's what I want to talk about tonight or this morning. I want to talk about that passion that once burned inside of you. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 8 through 11, he said, there's coming a time these people, they're going to honor me with their lips. They're going to say the right things. Their hearts are far from me. And with the growth of our church and all that God's doing, I just never want to lose that. I never want it to become just a something we do. I don't want Sunday mornings just to be, well, I go to church on Sunday and I go to that church. No, no, no. I, I want it to be like a passion that you have where it's like, no, 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 th- that's my church. This is my church. That when you show up to serve, like we have people that are serving our kids' ministry this morning, and you show up to serve, you're like, I'm excited to come in the house of God. I'm so excited to minister to these children. This is my church. When, when, I like to show up early for worship. This is my, I, I, I love coming in and using the gifts that God's given me with, with voice or musical talents because this is my church. Like uh, that that passion that, that passion, Jesus says, there's coming a time though, when people say all the right things, they'll look like everything's great, but their hearts aren't for they're far from Him, and if I'm honest with you this morning, I've been there, I think we've probably all been there before, where it's like at one time something that I burned so passionate for it was so on fire and it kind of grew cold. I kind of just started opening my Bible and reading and then walking away and I didn't really encounter God. I would go to church, but I wasn't really there. I'm checking the scores on my phone, texting friends, you know, whatever. I, I, I would go and volunteer, but I was kind of like, I'm there for the coffee and the donuts. <laughs> you know, I'm like, like I'm not feeling connected. That's not what Jesus wants. He wants you to feel so connected to his body. Like he died for the church, man. Like he loves his church. He wants you to have that love relationship with his church as well. And so Jesus calls a crowd to him and he says, he says to him, I want you to, they're, they're asking, what, what did you mean by all this? And Jesus says, listen and understand, you know, what goes into people's mouths, it doesn't defile them. It's what comes out. That's why we have to guard our words. So when I, when I wake up and with my kids on a Sunday morning, I'm excited to come into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's raining outside. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, that we're inside. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I've done a, a word search on different words in the Bible like some of you have. And zeal is one that I love. And that word zeal, if you translate it, if you look in the Hebrew, it means white, hot, boiling over. It's like that pot that's on the stove that's boiling over that you just can't contain. That, he says, Jesus says, don't ever lose that zeal. Hold on to that. Wherever you left it, go back and get it. A lot of times what starts as a a discipline becomes a delight. Say, I don't feel like prayer. Welcome to the club. Dude, I don't feel like prayer every morning. I get up either, okay? You're like, well, I read the Word of God, but I didn't get anything out of it. I know, there's there's mornings, but that's part of faith. I do it anyway. You know, I I don't remember what I ate for breakfast last Tuesday, but I know it nourished my body. You may not remember everything that you read in the Bible. That's okay. I want to encourage you. Begin to read it anyway pray and ask God to help you ask him Holy Spirit speak to me this morning and you read until you get that 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 word my pastor used to tell me he said Jeff read the logos the written word until you get a rhema which is the spoken word that's that's God's word for you for your situation so you'd go along and you'd read the Bible and all of a sudden it's like the Holy Spirit puts an x marks the spot treasure hunt on the page and he's like read that again you read it again No, read it again, and you read it again, and you read it again, and you read it again, and then that becomes the word of God for your life. John chapter 2 records this story of Jesus and his spiritual passion that he had. Now, this is early on in his ministry, and he's got these disciples around, and it says it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. Next slide. And in the temple area, he saw merchants that were selling cattle and sheep and doves for sacrifices in the temple that was forbidden and he also saw dealers at table exchanging foreign money oh you got this okay we're going to take we're going to take your pesos we're going to change it for this we're going to take you know we you know whatever he's exchanging all the money there right and then Jesus is boiling with passion but anger because of what they are doing. So he goes and sits off to the side and he gets some things to make a whip. He made a whip, y'all. Like people think of Jesus as just like sunken cheeks and he's just so like malnourished, you know, and weak and feeble. No, man, like he's on fire. So he sits on the side and he begins to braid and makes this whip. And he's like, it worked on it for probably an hour or two. He's sitting there and he's like oh man and they're still selling stuff and these people got doves over these got cattle lord help me father help me right now you know here he is and he's just making this whip and so he he makes a whip from some of the ropes and then he starts to whip them and he's chasing them out of the temple and he drove out all the sheep and the cattle he breaks open their pen he's kicking them out he's like get out of here go get out and they're like whoa his disciples are on the side like he is, lo- man, he's losing it. Look at him go. <laughs> you know, they're like, don't say anything. You know, they're like just standing there watching it, you know, and it's blowing their minds. And then it says, uh, going over to the people who so does, Jesus tells him. he says, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. So his disciples are like going, what in the world's going on? And then in verse 17, it says, his disciples remembered this prophecy, which was out of Psalm 69. It says, passion for God's house will consume me. This morning, passion for God's house is coming on you. Passion for the things of God is coming back to you. It's coming back to you. I believe the Lord's just just blowing on those embers. He's saying, hey, you thought it's not out. That that fire is not out. I got something still for you. And he's blowing on it. This past week, uh, I went up into the mountains for just a prayer retreat. My wife kicked me out of the house. So I went up into the mountains for two nights, and it was glorious. And um, somebody asked me what it was like, and you know, I got I got a total of five kids, and I got two young boys, and they love just anything outdoors, being outside, you know, making stuff. A buddy of mine's here that likes to build stuff out of the woods near his house. You know, there's 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 people that are just built that way. And I went up into the mountains, and all I can describe, it would be like if I took my son, River, or August, and I said, come on, son, we're going to go up into the mountains for a few days. I'm just going just to, I want to share some things with you. I, that's what it was like. And so God took me up into the mountains, and we just had a few days. And I, I didn't go with an agenda. I started to, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, stop that. <laughs> I'm like, but I need all these answers. He's like, we'll get to it. I just want to be with you, he just wants to be with you, because he, he loves you, because you're his son, because you're his daughter, he, he just wants to be with you, so I get up into the mountains, and it's just this old log cabin, and it's only got a loft, it's just like, there's a living room with the fireplace, and in in a loft area, and a little kitchen, and I would, and I, I just bought a bunch of wood because one thing I love is just the crackle of a real, you know, like like here, down here in Orange County, like we got all the gas where it's like, press the button, whoosh, right, you know. It's like I wanted the real crackling fire logs, right, you know, so I literally bought like $60, sorry Fawn, I blew up the budget. I bought $60 worth of firewood and, uh, and so I just had firewood stacked on the side and, and I would sit there and I'd feed it. And, and as I, I fed it, you know, I forgot how much you need to tend to fire? When you're, If you're gonna have a big fire, like you need to tend that thing, man, or else it'll go out. So I started with a little bit of kindling and then I walk into the kitchen and I'm you know, boiling some water and I'm gonna make some tea and, and, uh, and then I come back and I'm like, oh man, I already went out. I didn't even get to see it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I didn't even get to hear the snap, crackle, and pop of the real firewood, you know? And so I go back and I restoke it up. The Lord wants to throw some logs on your fire today and he's just gonna blow on those embers. It's not out. That passion for prayer. The passion that you had for sharing your faith. That passion you had for prayer in in the middle of the night where you would get up and you'd feel a little bit awake and God's just saying, I know it's late, but I want to talk to you. And you just go, okay, and you go downstairs and you turn on the light and you just worship and talk to him. He wants to bring you back to that place. And so I would spend time up there in the mountains. I'd spend hours and hours. Literally the first night, it was like, I don't know. I don't even keep trying. It's like, you know when you're, When you hit that moment in the presence of God, it feels like time just goes like that. And you look up and it's like, that was five hours, like praying on my knees. Like what in the world just happened, you know? That's coming into the presence of God. And he wants to do that for all of us. So Jesus encourages us, have passion. He wants to have, he wants to give you that passion. But a lack of passion for the things that God cares about is also something that Jesus confronts. It's something that's actually personal to him. I, I'm not going to say it worries him, but it's a reality that he knows that there's that lack of passion. Man, he's like, I I, I prefer you be hot or cold, but that lukewarm stuff, it, I just want to kind of spit at it. I just want to spit it out of my mouth. I, I want you to be hot or cold, but this middle of the road, he, he's calling you to be passionate, be all in. And in and in love, Jesus, in the, Reve- in the book of Revelation, these are the last words that we have in the Bible. In the book of Revelation chapter two, John is writing as fast as he can, the apostle John, and and, and he has this uh, revelation and Jesus is speaking and, and Jesus says I hold this against you. Some people think oh Jesus he just loves me just as I he does he does he loves you but he loves you so much that he gave his life for you and he'll take you just as you are. If you walked in here with any addiction or, or a situation or whatever there's nobody's too far gone for God but he loves you so much that he'll take you just as you are but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. And and he confronts this in the church in Revelation. He says, I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. And he invites you to come back. He doesn't just leave you there. It's like, oh, what do I do? And he says, consider how far you've fallen. In other words, think about it. Think about where you used to be. If you've never been there, think about where you could be. That's the beauty of being planted in a a great Bible-believing church is that we'll we'll help you in that process. Every Sunday, man, we we gather together. Throughout the week, we have people that gather in homes. And our heart is that you're going to grow and go from glory to glory. You're going to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor, just as Jesus, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. And that comes through the word of God. But Jesus says, just consider it. Think about it. Think about where you used to be. And then he says, repent. Just turn. Just turn. Repent. It's a simple word. And here's a good picture for you if you've never heard this. Just look at me for a second. Repenting is, I'm walking with my back turned towards God. And I'm walking towards my own desires. And some of us towards sinful desires. But I'm repenting of that. And I'm walking with my face towards God. And my back towards those own desires and sin. Doesn't mean that my walk's always perfect. Doesn't mean that every step isn't great. Sometimes I may fall. but, But you get back up. Though the righteous may fall seven times, they get back up. He helps you get back up. And Jesus is calling you to return to Him today. He's calling us as our church authentic church he's calling us to return to him today he's calling us he wants to return he wants us to return that passion that you once had that passion for prayer that passion for generosity that passion where it says somebody has a need i want to take care of it i love hearing throughout the week as the pastor i get front row seats at all these cool stories of everybody's life and what's going on i kind of feel like the old telephone operator that's hearing everything that's going on in the community right you know the the old switchboard I'm hearing about this family where it's like they didn't have a TV and somebody blessed them with a TV and they didn't know how to hang the TV and then I hear about another family that said, oh, I got a construction background. I can bring people over. We'll hang that TV for you. No problem. It's like, oh, praise God. hear about another family. They say, hey, we don't know how we're going to make it this week. and We need to pay rent. And somebody else says, hey, I, I feel like God's telling me to give $500. Is there anybody that needs $500 to help them pay rent? And we get to help connect the dots of those people. I love that. And God's saying, return to me. Church, return to me. Return to me with that passion that you had, that passion you had to share the word, to share your faith. You know, when it comes to sharing your love for Christ, sometimes we get intimidated by it, but it's really quite simple. It's just telling people what God did for you. It's sharing your story. I know some people in this room, you, you took time this, the last few days, sharing your story. You learned how to share your story. It's just simply sharing your story. And when you will open up your heart in your life and not be shy about it, some people are shy and sharing their story. And you know what? When you share your story, there's power that comes on that. People's lives get rocked, man, just hearing your story. I remember one time I was fired. Didn't do anything wrong. I was just fired. Guy wanted to move his company to a different area. And I'd help build this company for him. And I thought I was pretty cool and did a lot of awesome things, helped bless his wife and him. And, and their, the, the company was grown, grown, grown. And then one day he was just like, yeah, I'm moving the company. So unless you move with us to New York, uh, you don't have a job. And I'm like, dude, I got all these kids. And living in, like, Times Square or Manhattan just seems like a lot, you know, for me and my <laughs> wife, you know. And he goes, all right, well, God bless. I guess this is the end of the road. And, and that hurt so bad and then I remember sharing that story of getting fired with somebody and how God came through and how God provided a job you wouldn't believe miraculously how God came in and met the needs of our family you wouldn't believe how we thought we were down to our, our last dime and God provided gas for our car we didn't have any money for food but then the church found out and they said hey we want to give you food every single week if you'll come here we got food for you boxes of food was it humbling? yes it was really humbling very humbling Was it good? Absolutely. Absolutely. And God allowed us to go. He didn't put that on us, but God allowed us to go to a place so that we can have compassion for those that were going through difficult circumstances. And then when you come out of that, you have much more heart to be there for them to help pull them out. That's part of sharing your story, whatever your story is. And you just share that, that fire, that passion. God wants to return that to you today. I want to close back with the scripture that we started in out of Psalms 66. Verse 1 through 5, this is the scripture for the year for us. Everyone, everywhere, no matter what your background, no matter what church you're from, no matter what church you were raised in or not raised in, lift up a joyful shout to God. Joyful shout. Sing your songs. Tune to His glory tell the world how wonderful he is where were you at yesterday man I went to church you go to church yeah I go to church incredible God met me there no way yeah man he just blessed me you know I don't know about you but you know I I've lived my life for myself and then I I always search for more meaning and then I found my identity in, in Jesus man he's you know I know it sounds weird but he's real And he actually lived, died, and rose again. And he cares for you, man. And he wants to make a difference in your life. Let me tell you what he did in my life. And then you share and you say, would you want to pray? Could I pray for you? Most of the times when you say, can I pray for you? Everybody says yes. (laughs) I've only had one person in my entire life turn me down for prayer. One person. Most people say, yeah, even uncomfortably. When I was on my prayer retreat, I went on a walk. And it's up in the middle of nowhere in the woods up above Lake Arrowhead. And I'm out in a prayer walk, and, and uh, I come around the corner, and I'm, you know, shuffling, and I, I love the sound of the, the crunch of some of the gravel under your shoes, and you're walking on an old kind of logging road, you know. It's just cool. And so I'm walking, and, and, and as I walk, I come around the corner, and there's this old guy, and he kind of turns around and looks at me, like, who's coming up on my sixth, you know. And he kind of looks at me, and uh, I said, good morning. And he says, hey, good morning. How are you? And I said, good. I said, do you live up here? He goes, yeah, I, I live over there. I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Will. I said, Will, my name's Jeff. Nice to meet you. He says, yeah, good to meet you too. I said, how long you been up here? And he goes, oh, I'm going through my fourth round of chemo uh, from sinus cancer, so I moved up here about a year ago, full time. It just is peaceful. I said, man, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, yeah, it's been it's been hard. It's a lot of pain, so I need to get out, kind of trying to walk it off. I said, man. said that's hard we started talking and I said could I pray for you and he said he goes well, I don't like to pray in public he said yeah I kind of follow the Matthew 6 uh scriptures where Jesus said go away by yourself and pray and I said I get that I said but Will could I just encourage you Jesus said that about your own personal prayer time but anytime he prayed for healing for somebody it was in public I said and Will it's just you and me on this road here man (laughs) He goes, you bring up a good point. He goes, I just celebrated my 80th birthday. And I said, all right, man, well, I'm going to pray that you have a couple more, okay? And he says, all right. I said, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to believe that God's going to heal you. And so we talked through it, and I prayed. and prayed a prayer of faith, and it wasn't like old King James or anything else. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't shouting at the top of my lungs. It was just a simple prayer from a willing vessel that just said, Lord, just touch Will. pray you'd heal him. Remove that, as every cancerous cell from his body. Go in the name of Jesus. The sinus cancer would be going. The effects of the treatment would subside in the name of Jesus. I pray that Will would have a, step, a pep in his step. Add years to his life and life to his years. In Jesus' name, amen. I finished praying, and Will goes, I felt that prayer. <laughs> I said, amen. He goes, no, I felt that prayer. I felt that prayer. I said, All right, well, here's my information. I want you to keep in touch with me. I'm going to come back and check on you. And he said, Okay, you know, just being a willing vessel. All of us, willing vessel, passion for God. Verse 3 of Psalms 66 says, He's the awe inspiring God. He's great, He's glorious in power. We've never seen anything like Him, mighty in miracles. You cause your enemies to tremble. No wonder they all surrender and bow. And all the earth will bow down to worship. Think about that thought. That's really going to happen. There's really going to be a moment in time where there's going to be a trumpet that blows. Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a moment. And he's going to come. And he's going to grab those who have put their faith and their trust and their hope in him. Like that's really going to happen, y'all. I just want to encourage you this morning you don't know what side of that equation that you would fall on, <laughs> if you're going to be the ones left or the ones that he takes, I want to encourage you. We're going to pray a prayer this morning, and your eternity is going to be solidified today. It's going to happen. We're gonna, so I'm preparing you now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. It's just your time with God. But it would be my honor as the pastor of this house if you would just raise your hand when this time comes. I want to just know who you are. And I have Bibles that we want to give to you. I want to get a Bible into your hands. And I want you to just be reminded that Jesus isn't just asking you to pray a prayer. He's not even asking you to join a church as great as this one is. He's asking you to have a relationship with Him. Amen? And then in verse 5, everybody's going to come in your life. And they're going to say, wow, look at these incredible things the Lord did for them. Look look at what God did for her. Man, he multiplies miracles for his people. Like how? What? It's just part of being his kids. He multiplies miracles. I'm going to have the worship team join me up front. If you could just close your eyes, bow your heads if that's comfortable to you. Sometimes we see better when we close our eyes. I just want to ask you, what's the Lord speaking to you about? What's he putting on your heart? What's that area? Is there an area or a passion that you once had that you burned with passion for the things of God? Is there, was it prayer? Was it the word? Was it his church? Maybe you've been involved in church and you've experienced some hurts. And It's hard. And I get it. I've experienced hurts. Sometimes well-meaning, amazing pastors and leaders in the body of Christ can hurt people in ways that we never hoped or imagined that we did. Can I just encourage you this morning just to ask for their forgiveness and for you to forgive them? Any wrongdoings? Lord, I forgive them. I forgive that person for what they did. I forgive them. For how they misused that position of authority. I forgive them for how they mishandled. And they, I didn't feel like they were kind in the communication, God, but I forgive them. That passion that you had for God in some areas, maybe it's grown a little bit cold. And this morning, God's saying, We're going to light that fire back. We're going to bring that back, that fire that you once had. It's going to burn bright again. He's going to fill you fresh with the fire of His Holy Spirit like on the day of Pentecost when all the, 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 the believers were gathered together. 120 of them were gathered in an upper room. And then the Holy Spirit fell on them. They were hungry. They were des- desperate. They were desiring a move of God. So I'm going to pray that there's going to be a move of God and a fire and passion for the things of God in your life. And I want to lead you, lead us all in a prayer of salvation this morning. If you're here, and you don't know where you stand in eternity. But you want to know that you know that you know. You want to solidify that today. You want to like stand. It's like that, that, that child that puts their hand in concrete. You want to stamp. You want to You have that stamped into your life. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, just raise your hand. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. Hallelujah. I see that. God bless you. Anybody else? You just want to solidify your salvation to know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I I want to give my life to Jesus today. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come on. This is going to be one of the greatest prayers you ever prayed. It's going to be very simple. We're just going to pray it together as a community of faith, as a community of believers. Everybody in this room, we all prayed this prayer at one point in our lives. We all said, I'm done living for me. I'm all about living for you now, Jesus. So pray this prayer, church. Join me in praying this. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life today. I believe that you are the son of God. That you lived, you died, that you rose again that I might have eternal life. And I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, fill me, use me, and let me never be the same again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. From this day forward, I will walk in your ways all the days of my life and dwell in your house forever. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for loving me, for forgiving me. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we just give a hand clap to the Lord? If that's your first time praying it, I want to welcome you to the family of God. And if you, amen. And you don't, if you don't have a home church, now you do. Okay? If you don't have a pastor, I would be so honored to be the pastor in your life. Everybody needs a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. <laughs> Everyone needs a pastor, and I'd be honored to be that for you. But God wants you to be planted. Psalms, there's a beautiful psalm. It says, Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. God wants you to flourish. He doesn't want you to be planted to be controlled or anything else but he does want you to be planted so that you got some roots that go down, that you get some godly relationships in your life, so you have people that you can lean on. And so the the giftings and talents that he placed inside of you that you may not even know that are there, he wants to bring those to the surface. He wants to fan that into a flame. And he wants to see your life and your story affect other people so that their life could be forever changed by him. Amen? Amen. Let's all just stand together and we're going to sing one last song as we close out today. And during this time, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up front on both sides. If you gave your life to Jesus this morning, we want to invite you to come forward to receive prayer. We want to pray with you and solidify that. I want to pray for you. But if you need prayer for anything this morning, you need prayer for healing, you're believing God for increasing your business, uh, you're believing God for a family member to be saved, maybe you're here and it's like, man, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it next week. I need to see this transform in my life. If you're here, any prayer need that you have, there's nothing too small, there's no need too great. We serve a great big God, and he loves showing off. Amen? So we're going to open up the front for a time of prayer Is here leads us in this beautiful song again.